Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels show on the air. Mike Clements coming up here in about 15 minutes. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to talk with Mike uh, as he was in Green Bay yesterday when both Matt LaFleur and Jeff Halfley both spoke yesterday. So uh, we're going to talk with Mike and kind of wrap up the week with him as well. Also, uh, don't forget, a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, Bucks are back in the hardwood tonight. They're in Minnesota. You got some college hoops coming up this weekend. The Brewers uh, kick off their spring training season their spring season against uh, the Padres, who got beat up yesterday by the Dodgers. Uh, they play the Padres tomorrow, and uh, don't forget we're also efforting towards the Brewers' home opener on Tuesday, April 2nd. And keep in mind that we are going to be live at Steny, second and National Walker's Point, and they're going to run shuttles to the game, but come on down like uh, tradition has become. We're going to be there each and every uh, – we've been there, I should say, for the last four or five years, each and every uh, Brewers' home opener. And it's great. It's it's so much fun. It's a terrific atmosphere. It is just filled with optimism and energy, and we just love being there. And they got the music cranking, and we're there, and the and the shuttle buses are you know rolling out. So we there's so much good stuff, so much good stuff. And then uh, when they open up the Stennies in Lake Country, which is going to be on Watertown Road out in Pewaukee, they're going to run shuttles from there as well. So, which is going to be really cool because there's there's nothing out in Lake Country really that runs shuttles back and forth to downtown Milwaukee, and they're going to. So, that is even exciting. So, we're eventually going to be there as well. And then when they open up the new sports book inside the Potawatomi Hotel Casino, we're going to be there for that opening. Uh, so, we got a lot of good stuff going on on the docket coming up this season. Also, I've been asked a lot uh, about the cigar dinners uh, via Quick Trip and Quick Spirits and such. Coming up uh, in 2024, and right now they're putting the schedule together. I don't have details as to where we're going to be and when the tickets are going to go on sale or anything like that. But as soon as they're announced, uh, I will let you know. I promise. I'll let you know. And start looking for them in a lot of different areas that have been become kind of traditional. Wausau has been traditional. La Crosse has been traditional. Eau Claire has been traditional. Um, a couple of times in Milwaukee, in the Milwaukee area, we've done it. Uh, so for those areas that we've done those uh, cigar dinners in the past, uh, you can only assume that they're going to do even more again this year. So we're looking forward to that as well. But uh, I wanted to uh, make sure I addressed that too. I had a couple people asking me about that. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, I want to get back to, we were talking about uh, teams with pressure on them. And uh, this one's from Dave. Dave says, hey, Bill, uh, Dave from Verona. I believe the Bucks have the most pressure. Uh, Giannis is not getting any younger. We have traded away our top draft picks. To acquire Damian Lillard, the Bucks have to get uh, the Eastern Conference Finals at the very least to salvage a bit of this challenging season. And that is from Dave. Dave, uh, listening to us in Verona. Appreciate that, Dave. This one's from our buddy Dennis. He says, uh, while it was only one press conference, listening to LaFleur and Halfley answering questions yesterday has me excited for what fans are going to see on the field this upcoming season. LaFleur impressed me, uh, how impressed me that he now gets it. He's confidently stated style was more important than the scheme, and he's 100% spot on. He wants the defense to be fast and physical. Yeah, baby. Barry's soft, unaggressive style would have underachieved in pretty much any scheme at this point. It was extremely refreshing to listen to the new defensive coordinator, Halfley. He came across as an excellent communicator, intelligent, inspiring, and a teacher and a family man. The words he used to describe the style of defense are exactly what the players needed to hear. 
words and not phrases like play with your hair on fire, uh, play tight man coverage, get after the quarterback, finish off the pile, and play fast and aggressive. With the talent Goody has already had on this team, plus the upcoming draft, this team's going to be loaded with great young players and veterans. Holy crap. Uh, here's hoping that the words of LaFleur and Halfley turn into action on the field. If so, the Packers are going to be battling for the Lombardi trophies for years to come, which coming from Dennis, that's pretty high praise, to be honest with you, because Dennis has not necessarily been a, a LaFleur fan at times. So <laughs> coming from him to email the program and say that, that's uh, that's saying something right there. I don't care who you are. That's good stuff. Uh, this one's from Tom. Tom says, I was extremely impressed with what the defensive coordinator had to say and how he spoke. You are 100% correct. It was the difference between five-hour energy and Ambien, Joe Barry being the Ambien side of things. So <laughs> well, that's funny. I like that. Uh, but he said uh, he likes what he heard, and he's excited about the future. So there you go. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can also hit us up via the phone line. Mike says, I think the most pressure on this team this year is going to be on the Milwaukee Brewers. They've had a lot of success under Craig Council. They have to continue that success. Do they have to win a championship? No, but I think they need to end up in the postseason at the very least and be vying for the top spot in the National League Central. God forbid if the Cubs win the Central and we find ourselves on the outside looking in. I don't see that happening. I really don't. I, I, you know, I mean, anything can happen. Don't get me wrong. But I don't see if I had to sit here and pick it today and I had to say, okay, look, I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to put money down to win the division, whether it's going to be the Brewers, or the Cubs or the Reds, or the Cardinals. No, I'm not, I'm not putting it on the Cubs. Um, I think, like I've said all along, I think it's a huge push your chips to the middle of the table when it comes to, um, when it comes to the Cardinals. I really do. I think that the Cardinals are, with the age of their rotation, nobody being under 32 years of age, you've got a lot of veteran experience. you got a lot of good arms. No doubt about it. Proven arms that have, that have been there, done that. But there's a reason these guys were out there on the market. So maybe the better years are behind them. And if that happens and they don't get better or pitch to what they once were, then, yeah, the Cardinals won the failing miss. You'll see exactly what you saw last year, a team that they were somewhat dysfunctional. Uh, they have some really big dollar contracts, and maybe they're just not going to be that good. It could go down in flames terribly. But if they pitch to what they once were, and if you look at the names on that roster – and you look at the names that are in that rotation, I mean, that's not only people, that's not only pitchers that have had success, but that's pitchers that can, you know, extend the, uh, extend the winning streak and snap a losing streak in a heartbeat. You know, Sonny Gray, Mikolas, Gibson, Lance Lynn, Stephen Matz. You know, uh, again, uh, Stephen Matz is the youngest of the group. He's 32 years old going on 33. So, if if they can pitch to what they're expected to pitch, they could be impressive. But Mikolas last year didn't have a great year. They're kind of projecting him to be a mid-four ERA, a mid-four Kyle Gibson, a mid-four Lance Lynn. I mean, your your top end and your back end are the two guys that are looking to really be your anchors. And Sonny Gray with a 3.70 ERA projected and a 3.9 ERA out of mats. So if that's the case... 
and it sticks to what the predictions are, then yeah, it's not going to be that much uh, of a good season. But they, I mean, they brought in Gibson, they brought in Lance Lynn, and they brought in Sonny Gray, all free agents. You know, bringing in Matt Carpenter, free agent, trying to snag something out of him just to get him just as a backup first baseman, you know? And, and when you look at his projections, I mean, 214 batting average on the season. So they're taking a lot of, they're, they're taking a lot of, you know, darts at a dartboard, seeing if something, anything hits. And if it does, they'll have success. If it doesn't, I'm not counting on the Cardinals. I'm looking more to Cincinnati and what that young talented team has and if they can find pitching. Same thing with the Brewers. I think the Brewers are as good, if not better. It's just the Reds, I think, have bigger boppers. But I think the Brewers have a lot of talent. And defensively, they are so solid up the gut it isn't funny. So solid up the gut it isn't funny. Uh, in the meantime, Pat Murphy of the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, speaking to the media, talks about what uh, what is the clubhouse like right now with so many of these young guys coming up from the minors. Uh, it's, it's tremendous. That young energy, there's nothing to replace it. You know what I mean? They're, sometimes they don't know which door to go out, but uh, they're, uh, they're great to be around. Pat Murphy also talks about the first spring training taking over as the full-time manager after uh, Craig's departure. It uh, feels great, no question. You know, it's, it's been busy. I promise you it's been busy. Counts was uh, great. He let me uh, kind of run my own ship as the bench coach, you know what I mean? And now it's... Uh, yeah, it's a little more structured and a little more, a little more involved. Freddie Peralta is going to be the guy because obviously uh, he, uh, you know, he's been the best pitcher, more stable pitcher that they've had. Now he can go up and down, no doubt about it. But since the departure of Corbin Burns, uh, Pat Murphy talks about Freddie Peralta projected to be the quote ace in the rotation, and what's you know what they're going to do at the pitching position after trading Corbin Burns to Baltimore. Yeah, it's a, it's a little dicey, you know, um, but we know we got one guy that can go out there for sure and, 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 and get after it and beat anybody on any given night. And we got Wade Miley who, you know, not many guys approaching 50 can still go out there and do it. That's a joke, but I, I'm trying to jab at him a little bit on that because he jabs at me all the time. So there you go, Wade. I'm getting you back with those two guys. And, <laughs> and then we'll, we've got some other guys that are, very, very capable, and you know, you need to stretch them out a little bit. And I think, I think we'll be pretty competitive there. And then, uh, obviously, first base, that position is now at least seemingly solidified on paper. And if Reese Hoskins can come back, and, man, if he can bring the bat back to what it was before the injury last year, they got some pop now over at first base. They're excited there. And uh, bringing in a, a veteran of the age of 30 with all these young guys, he talks about uh, you know, bringing in Hoskins. He's part of our core. You know, you think about him and Willie and Yelly, uh, William Contreras, those four guys got some experience. They're going to be in there as much as possible. And then those young guys got to come in and do something. They got to step up. You know, they got to figure it out. There you go. That's a little bit from Pat Murphy, the new skipper of your Milwaukee Brewers. Um, when we come back, Mike Clemens is going to be joining us. We'll talk with Mike coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, if you are out in the lacrosse area, Trempolo, Monroe, Vernon, Jackson County, our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating, they uh, they got a lot of stuff going on, whether it's hiring uh, new licensed plumbers or if you need anything, and hopefully you don't need like something from the outside because you had a, a spigot crack uh, because of cold weather earlier in the month of January. But if you say want to run anything in your home, whether it's a water heater, 
How about a maybe uh, an instant water heater, electric water heater, uh, when it comes to uh, you know the hot tap type of thing? Or maybe you want to put a new water softening system in, or you're going to run some uh, water heat into a floor. They can do that as well. Uh, maybe a reconstruction, new construction. They do it all, and they do it really, really well. They're concentrating on the plumbing side of things for sure. Every plumbing and heating serving La Crosse, Trempeleau, Monroe, Vernon counties, three generations now, founded by the Korean War veteran Clayton Every back in 1969. Craig is running it, doing a great job. They continue to grow, continue to expand, continue their concentration. I've talked to him numerous times. He's like, look, we don't want to do 40 things. We want to do a few things extremely well, and that's what they're doing. So if you got a reconstruction, uh, renovation, maybe you got a brand-new construction, and anything that I just mentioned, they're doing it all. That's every plumbing and heating. Call them 608-783-2803 out in Onalaska in the La Crosse area, 608-783-2803, 608-783-2803. That is every plumbing and heating. Mike Clements joins us next in the Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Do you love winning? This February, head to Pottawatomie Casino Hotel, Milwaukee, and fall head over heels with the Love It or Leave It $400,000 game show. Thursday nights, you could play the Love It or Leave It game show where you can love your prize or leave it for another. Play with your club card to earn drawing entries. Top prize is 10 grand in cash. It's time for Love It or Leave It. Only at Pottawatomie. Learn more at PaceBake.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. I mean, certainly anytime you make a change of that magnitude, um, there's a lot of thought and deliberation that goes into that. Uh, you guys know how I feel about Joe Barry, and I'm so thankful for our time together. And I got so much respect for him as a man, as a coach, and what he was able to do for us. Uh, those are tough decisions. It's been phenomenal. I went ice fishing on Saturday, so I, I feel pretty important about myself just simply accomplishing that. You know, I didn't catch anything, but I did, you know, I stared at a, a hole in the ice for five hours and had a blast. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you on board. Uh, the Bill Michael Show, we continue on. And the voices of uh, the new defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley, also Matt LaFleur. Joining us on the hotline, our guy Mike Clemens is here. So, uh, Mike, give me, give me your impression of what you thought of that press conference yesterday and the new defensive coordinator. Well, um, I wasn't blown away by Jeff Halfley by any means, and that was Joe Barry. That was Joe Barry. Joe Barry fishing. Right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was like a you know one of those kinds of classic Joe Barry lines, and so. That's what I, I came away with. It's like, all right, you know, here we are again. Uh, you know, Matt LaFleur seems to have been a you know a great offensive guy. Of course, he had a Hall of Fame quarterback here. Brian Gutekinds ran out and got the Smith brothers in free agency, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner, guys like that, Mercedes Lewis, and they made a run at this thing. And Mike Pettin, you know, he inherited, uh, inherited as a defensive coordinator from Mike McCarthy, and Pettin's a smart guy and still employed in the NFL, but he was – you know, he's kind of an assassin, you know. It wasn't didn't I don't know if the passion was there. So he hires an energetic guy like Joe Barry, a guy that he'd worked with for a year with the Rams. And you know, Joe Barry was a, a linebacker at Michigan and then at USC, and then he got picked up by the NFL. He got, Steve Mariucci hired him. His first job was a linebacker's coach for the 49ers. And then later he was on 
the Tony Dungy staff and then later John Gruden and was their coach and linebackers when they won a Super Bowl against the Raiders 20 years ago. So, you know, he's had this NFL life and, you know, kind of a goofy guy at times. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what were the reasons that he was fired. Now, you folks will say, did you see the Vikings game and Justin Jefferson running free through the secondary? Did you see Jair Alexander, you know, complaining about why aren't you just letting me put me on the their best receiver? I'm a, I'm a top pro cornerback. I'm getting paid such. Did you see Baker Mayfield tear up, you know, your defense uh, over and over again and not see in-game adjustments? You saw Matt LaFleur trying to save this guy. Like, okay, let's move you upstairs. Maybe you can see the field better. Let's get Tyler Davis, one of our tight ends, recovering from an ACL. He can hold up signs so that, you know, Carrington Valentine can get the signals in from the side. So in training camp 2021, Joe Barry comes in with a team that had gone 13-3 and back-to-back, and they fired your predecessor. But you got the Smith brothers, and you got Preston Smith, and, and, and Rashawn Gary's been drafted, and, you know, there's a lot of promise, and you're supposed to get to a Super Bowl after this. And so in training camp, Jair Alexander was asked about, what's your new defensive coordinator Joe Barry like? Man, Joe Barry, he, he brings a, a different kind of energy, you know, a, a very positive and a bunch of energy, and we all feed off of that. Some days when we don't have the energy, Joe Barry hype us up and he'll give us the energy. You know, the other day in the uh, defensive meet room, showed us an example of him tackling the air, and he hit the ground and tackled the air. <laughs> like, it was, it was amazing to see. He got right back up. His glasses were still, like, on his shirt. He's just cool, man. <laughs> he tackled air. All right, well, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, if you think that maybe this defense needs a rah-rah guy, well, allegedly the last guy was one of those kinds of guys. And so we asked Joe Barry the next day in that camp in the summer of 2021, so did you really air tackle a guy in front of the entire defensive meeting? I did. Uh, thanks, Jair. Um <laughs> Yeah, we were, we were just talking about, you know, we, we talk about, you know, our kind of our, our physical mantra that we, that we preach every single day. Um, we talk about destroying blocks. We talk about tackling. We talk about taking the ball away. And when I was going through that, it was in our first meeting, you know, I was specifically talking about tackle and, and leveraging the ball. And, uh, yeah, I was in front of the group and I got a little carried away and, uh, I was just talking about, you know, making a left shoulder tackle and how you got to roll. And I just, you know, I was going to ask one of the guys to come up. And I said, no, nah, I don't want to do that. So I just, I just, in the moment, just flailed on the ground and rolled. And I actually hit my freaking elbow on the damn ground. And, and that hurt. <laughs> so he went on the uh, the DL and uh, he was just doing it tackling air. I Look. You know, Joe Barry, and I said this, Mike, uh, the difference between listening to Halfley and Joe Barry is the difference between a five-hour energy and an ambient. Uh, you know, there's just a different speak there, so to speak. You know what I mean? I guess so. Uh, you know, uh, so as things go on, I'll tell you, here's, here's some of the things that started to add up last year. Um, well, first of all, I'll play this other clip. Because here's, again, let's go back to three years ago. And you bring in this Joe Barry guy who had been with the Rams, with the team that had gone to a Super Bowl. And so he's asked, now how are you going to bring more energy to this Packer defense than the last guy did, Mike Pettin? 
you know, I, I just I just want to be the same person every single day. And I think I mentioned this before, you know, nothing's worse in any line of work that we're in when you go to work and you're walking down the hallway approaching a guy and you have no idea on Monday if he's going to be great and on Tuesday he's going to walk right by you and not say a word. So um, I try to approach every day exactly the same way. And I think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fairly passionate and energetic just by nature and my personality. And uh, the way I coach, the way I come to work every day, um, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a conscious thing. It's just me being me. And, but, I, but I firmly believe let's be consistent and let's bring energy and let's bring, you know, hopefully that translate from a player standpoint to a great effort. Mike, uh, you know, it was interesting with the defense last year or this past season that you had Devondre Campbell speaking out, Devondre Campbell's wife speaking out. We all know Rasul Douglas spoke out. It seemed like there, if there was anything that was starting to break apart, it seemed like it was at least defensively speaking. Yeah, and if you're Joe Barry, you know, you came into last year saying, okay, we're going to have Jair Alexander for you, and we hope Eric Stokes will be back from his injury, uh, which he really never was able to come back from. Um, and, you know, Devondre Campbell should be back. Well, he gets hurt in camp, and he's out for most of the season. And Joe Barry's a linebacker. He's a linebacker guy, and he was really kind of counting on the leadership of Devondre Campbell to be out there running that defense, not necessarily Quay Walker in his second year, who had the radio helmet on for most of the season. Oh, by the way, yeah, Adrian Amos, we're moving on from him, and now we got Jonathan Owen, and we got a couple of rookies back there. Hey, hey, how about Rudy Ford for safety? How's that do? I mean, who, you know, that wasn't much of a roster they gave him besides a great defensive line and a great performance from Rashawn Gary up until he got a contract and then seemed to drop off. And then on top of that, it wasn't. There was a couple of games where you got blown out. You got blown out by by the by the Lions early in the season. Kirk Cousins put up 24 points before he had a season-ending Achilles tendon injury right here at Lambeau Field. But there was these other situations where you're you're losing by a field goal and Jordan Love can't pull it out, and the defense isn't covering for the young offense trying to find their way. And Rasul Douglas, your veteran. He stands back there and after these games and saying, you know, this is unacceptable. And we played some of those clips, and the next thing you know, he gets traded. So when, when Sewell Douglas was with the Buffalo Bills, he was asked in Buffalo, so you were really outspoken during those, that Packers four-game losing streak, and then you get traded here to Buffalo. What happened in Green Bay? Yeah, I was just, I was just trying to lead them boys out there. Um, but going coming here... Uh, yeah, it's a good locker room, and they they got leaders. So I don't think I have to do that job here. Uh, I don't think that that's my role here. But what about, what about the Packers? A lot of Packers listening. There have been some comments from they can't believe you're gone. Yeah, so I said we we all can't believe it, but I mean it's reality. Um, so I'm, I'm missing too. That was that was a home for me. You know what I mean? So yeah. Andrews, it sounds like he didn't want to say anything. Got to be honest well, with you. It but, sounds like he was trying to take the high road. Well, he's also saying the Packers locker room was lacking leaders on on the defense. Yeah. If if no one else is going to step up, I'm going to step up and say this stuff. And ended up getting traded out of there. And 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 the other leader, the other guy getting paid is Jair Alexander, and he's wearing sunglasses and wearing championship belts in front of the media. He ends up getting suspended. 
So do you put this on Joe Barry? Like, get your defense in control. Get your, you know, why aren't you getting these guys to play for you? Why, why do I have to come in as head coach and and discipline those guys? Essentially, at the end of the day, you do play for the head coach. Joe Barry. Then they they get the, the they get into the playoffs. They sneak into the playoffs, and then they've got brilliant games like. You know, they beat the Cowboys 48-32, to and they're on their way to San Francisco. And Joe had talked about, yeah, the week after the Buccaneers game and everyone was hashtag fire Joe Barry, he said, yeah, it affects your family. They hear it. They see it. They know what's going on. And you think you might be out of a job. And then now after the, the blowout over the Cowboys, they're thinking, hey, you know, maybe we're going to sneak into the Super Bowl. Maybe Joe Barry has saved his job. And he talked about, you know, where they were before they played the 49ers. I don't know if I've said it to you guys before, but I, I say it, you know, especially to a lot of young coaches. Um, if you're in this thing long enough, you're going to experience the highest of highs, and unfortunately you're going to experience the lowest of lows. And that's just that's part of when you sign up for the National Football League. Um, that's, that's part of the deal. You know, th- this, this is a show-me league. It's a show-me business. It's a, it's a production-based business, um, and it's brutal and harsh at times. But... Um, of course, when the guys, you know, both from a player standpoint, everybody, um, I don't care if you're a coach, a player, or whatever, when, when you're in this, it, it's about winning and it's about playing good and it's about production. That, that's, what this, that's what makes this league so great and so incredibly competitive. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. Mike Clemens on the line talking some Packers football with us. we got a lot more to get to. Two more big segments of the Bill Michael Show coming up next right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, Wayne, shopping for a new door? I sure am. This fiberglass door is really strong. We love ours. Do you need something more dependable? Yes, something that's durable, dent-resistant, knows how to take a hit and is going to last for years. We're still talking about the door, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, right, of course. Wayne Larrabee and Jeff Levering shopping together at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin? What could happen next? How about 0% interest for up to three years? Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months? I'm Gina Della from Pella. This incredible offer from Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin is only available until February 29th. So hurry! We offer a wide range of window and door styles to perfectly match your home's unique design. Start customizing today with 0% interest for up to three years. Or no down payment, no interest, and no payments for up to 18 months. Only at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Dynasty, that's what all the chatter was, so we're here now, back-to-back, elite company. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do, baby. We go on pressure from left, right, center, in a whirly bird fashion from all over the place. We go on pressure, bro, so um, just, just a storybook ending to a Cinderella story for us. It's probably the best career decision I made in my life to come here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm living it. I'm enjoying it. I love, I love Kansas City as a city. I love this team. I love the culture that is built. I love Spags. It's back. We trust, baby. Welcome back to the program. That is the safety, Justin Reed of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Talking about the Spags, we trust, fired up about their defensive coordinator. Mike Clemens joining us on the line. This portion brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field and perfect for the family stay and the Bay Family Restaurant. 
Homestyle cooking seven days a week. You can't go wrong there. That's the Bay Motel in Green Bay, 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations. 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441. Or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. So, Mike, uh, they had all kinds of in faith we trust and in spags we trust uh, down there in Kansas City, and that's a guy that, you know, I mean, obviously turns his guys loose and has a great rapport with his entire staff, not just his coaching staff, but all of his players as well. There's not a lot of defensive coordinators that players just say that, I love this guy, I'm playing for this guy. The Chicago Bears in 85, they were that way for Buddy Ryan, definitely. Uh, For the Packers? You know, no one ever talked about Phil Bankston, Lombardi's defensive coordinator. Uh, Leroy Butler and those guys, they loved playing for Fritz Schirmer. They did play for him. But even when the Packers won the Super Bowl, you know, with Dom Capers, you know, Dom was, you know, the smart, wise old guy, been a former head coach. And, you know, Kevin Green was the inspiration guy. But, uh, you know, when you, uh, is this going to be the hire? Is this Jeff Halfley going to be the hire that gets Matt LaFleur to the Super Bowl? And how good is Matt Lafleur? So mm-hmm. one of the things that I, you know, I kind of asked around. I, you know, you you beat the Cowboys, you get to San Francisco, and then the San Francisco drives at, in the final drive. They control the, the last six minutes. The Packers defense can't stop them, and Joe Barry gets fired the next week. The Forty ers go to the Super Bowl, and they can't stop Patrick Mahomes. And Steve Wilkes, who'd been with that staff for a few years, he gets fired to defensive coordinator, and Kyle Shanahan is now hired from within. Nick Sorensen, the past defensive coordinator, now becomes the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. You know, you're five minutes short in these playoff games, and you get fired. I go to Spagnola at the Super Bowl, and I asked him about that game that he lost to the Packers, you know, back in December. And uh, and I thought I thought he would go on and on about how great Jordan Love, how the receivers were, and listen when I asked him about that, what he thought about the Packers when they lost to the when they beat the Chiefs at Lambeau Field. What impressed you most that night going against Love and those young receivers? Yeah, boy, I tell you what, they they did a nice job against us. They um, it, it felt like it all clicked for them that particular night. We couldn't find a way to kind of get him off of, to the point that. I thought they did a great job. I thought Matt, Matt did a great job in that game. I told him that after the game, too. That was really impressive. And we needed to find ways to get a little bit better after that game. You know, it was interesting because getting in now to the Halfley era and listening to Matt LaFleur talk, uh, I like—I mean, all the things that they said, Mike, I, I, I like the fact that they want to utilize the safeties. They want guys focused on the quarterback, focused on getting after it, running downhill, hair on fire, a lot of the cliches that we like to hear as fans. Yeah, and what you've done is you've hired a, you know, a secondary guy in Jeff Halfley. Um, uh, you know, guys come up you know, through the ranks. And LaFleur you know, was asked, well, what are you looking for in your defense? He says, I want speed, I want aggressive. You know, some of these weeks when you'd play the Ravens or you'd play some of these other defenses that, you know, like the 49ers, uh, Matt LaFleur, Micah Parsons and the Cowboys, Matt LaFleur will tell you, yeah, I love what they do in that defense. And he's almost basically saying, I wish we had that in Green Bay, you know, the next level. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things he said yesterday was, I also want a vision-based back end on defense with the safeties keeping their eyes on the quarterback at all times. And I asked him, what is exactly does that mean, a vision-based back end on defense? 
Well, yeah, I would say more vision-based, more visual on the quarterback because he's going to ultimately take you to where the ball is going to go. So, and it's hard to do that when if you're playing with your back to the quarterback or if you're playing a real matchy. Not to not to say that you we won't be that. Um, there's certainly going to be circumstances when you want to man up and play some match coverage. But you know, I would say a, a big part of what we're going to do, especially from a coverage standpoint, is going to be have vision on the quarterback. Uh, with Matt LaFleur and the explanation, Mike, I, I thought it was really uh, insightful, I guess might be the best way to put it, when he was asked yesterday specifically about Halfley, why he went in that direction, uh, the resume that Halfley had, because he'd never been a, a you know a defensive coordinator in the National Football League before. Uh, he certainly has been in the National Football League, but not as a D.C., so it was interesting, the response over there. Yeah, you know, I mean, Halfley is a guy who uh, starts off working at Pitt, Worked with Darrell Revis, now a Hall of Famer, uh, and then you know has time with two or three different other teams. Uh, and you know, Lafleur's got a lot of information on this guy coming into this relationship. Uh, and so Lafleur was asked, "How much did Jeff Halfley's resume as primarily a defensive back coach of guy play into the decision as to hire him as defensive coordinator of the Packers?" Yeah, I would say definitely. Um, I think, especially in this league, it's such a pass-dominant league. That was definitely one of the most appealing things to me was his ability to lead from the back end. Um, But I I think he's got a great knowledge base on all three levels. I tell you this, Mike, I heard the Richard Sherman comments about Jeff Halfley, and uh, some may say you know, Sherman did not have one of his best seasons under Halfley, but he had a ton of praise for Jeff Halfley and the preparation and the knowledge and the execution and the vision. I mean, there was, there was a lot of good stuff there, and the fact that he worked with the 49ers when Sherman was there, so a lot of good things came out of 49ers camp. Yeah, that was also the year, too, where they kind of had an aging secondary at that time. They yeah. really needed to stir things up. Um, one thing about Halfley is this, you know, he'll tell you all these, he repeats this story. Uh, yeah. And then, then I had my time with Rondé Barber, you know, and he's also, it's, he uses that to answer the question about how much he learns working with different players. Uh, but, uh, whatever the case, here's the other thing in terms of LaFleur, you know, if, if Halfley goes from the jets and Mike Pettin, and then Mike Pettin says, Hey, come with me to the Browns and where Kyle Shanahan was for a while, and then, hey, come on out to the 49ers. Well, guess who was working alongside this guy on the offensive ball? Mike LaFleur. Matt LaFleur's younger yeah. brother has worked with it. So, you know, when Matt's making out his you know, depth chart last year on, okay, if we fired Joe Barry, who do I go to? Who are some of the candidates I want to talk to? Uh, here's a guy that his brothers worked alongside, and he can get all kinds of observations and information on what how this guy reacted in meetings, in games, that type of thing. So that's that's promising. So Halfley himself comes up and steps up there and and said, okay, so you've worked for some of these more aggressive 49er defenses, but then you work for Mike Patton, which kind of more of a prevent guy with the Jets. Where where is your philosophy on how to play defense? I think it's a great question. I think there's down and distances where you got to get exotic and you have to get after people and you have to pressure the quarterback. You got to get guys that can rush and you got to get guys that can cover, but you have to get after the quarterback. I think there's down distances situations where not as much pressure, um, but when you get when you get a chance to get after the quarterback, you have to. 
Um, so I think there's a very fine line of that. And as we build this thing, I think you're going to see some things that look a little bit more exotic, and then there's sometimes we look simpler. Uh, I think that's the key to all this. I'm anxious to see what the secondary is going to look like. We know that the Packers are good in the trenches. They're developing on the outside uh, at the outside linebacker position. Van Ness is a burgeoning guy. You know what Rashawn Gary can do, and hopefully he returns to form Preston Smith, yada, yada. But I, the, the biggest need, the biggest fix in this team is going to be the secondary. One of the reasons, Bill, I'm going to spend the whole week to the to the very end at the Combine is because that's when they bring in the defensive backs next weekend. Yeah. And I think, once again, that's where Gutekinds has got to be looking, right? Because when you bring in this new secondary-based defensive coordinator and he talks about, you know, we're building the defense from the back end, to me, I think, uh, I think of the Legion of Boom. Cam yeah. Chancellor, you know, and Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman, those guys, and they don't have that right now. They're going to try and get Jair back on straight, you know, on track. And I don't know if Stokes is ever going to be able to play again. But you know, you just you had a bunch of guys back there playing uh, at safety, and Keyshawn Nixon had his contract voided this week, so he's going to come in from scratch. But he's also got this position that he calls a post safety, and basically, this has got to be a guy who's. You know, got to be your hunter. He's got to be all over the field. He's got to be. He's got to cover the middle third of the field on a post route, a deep post route, but still be the strong guy. Can handle. So is that going to be a big guy, or can that be a smaller, quicker guy like they'd hoped Darnell Savage would be? What's the body top got to be on this post safety, deep safety in his defense? I want a guy who can erase things. He, we got to eliminate explosive plays when we play this defense. So if a run hits up the middle, this guy's got to come out of the middle field with his hair on fire. He's got to be able to get a guy down. I also want him to be a guy when a ball carrier's wrapped up, he goes and he finishes off the pile. I want a guy who can go from sideline to sideline and take the ball away. I think that position has to be a guy with high ball production, meaning he's got to be able to intercept the ball. Um, he's got to be a guy that can communicate, and he's got to be a guy that can get guys lined up and make some calls back there. And I'd love a guy who can play man, so I guess I'm describing the perfect player to you. Um, but those are some of the traits that I would look for in playing that position. Size, how, is that very important or is it, that less important? It's become less important. You've seen guys back there that can be anywhere from 190 to 205 or even bigger. Um, I coached some really good ones in San Francisco who were 190, 195. I've coached some good ones that are 215. I'm not a guy that's going to just say you have to fit this mold and be 6'2 and 205 or 210 to play a certain position. I think it's more trait-based. Now, if you can get a guy with those traits and he's bigger, I think it helps. But I think you can have both. Interesting. I mean, uh, who would be that perfect guy? I mean, if you, you know, he had some pretty good ones out in San Francisco. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and they've, they've changed over about 75% of the defensive coaching staff now. Jerry Montgomery, I thought was a really good defensive line coach. He's gone. He picked up a job. But uh, they're going to keep Jason Rebrovich. The, uh, def- he, he's going to be more a defensive line guy now. And they're you know bringing in these guys with these running game coordinator titles, passing game coordinators. They, their linebacker coach, basically, Anthony Campanello, he's, he's from the Dolphins. He just gets fired from the Dolphins. So basically the Packers have switched Dolphin coaches between uh, linebacker coaches between Joe Barry and, and this guy. Derek Ansley is their passing game coordinator, 
working with the secondary, along with Ryan Downard. They reserved him. He's going to be a safeties guy. Uh, he was for the last couple of years in Green Bay. Uh, that's a guy who was a, actually the defense coordinator for the Chargers last year. So they bring in an experience. And like I, my first instinct in learning about Jeff Halfley is Matt LaFleur's basically hired his clone. I mean, a guy who has had a, a very similar path going up through the NFL, 44 years old, married a couple of kids, you know, eight and five years old, uh, practically married a defensive clone of himself. And this guy worked with Darrell Rivas at Pitt. And I asked him, so, you know what? Welcome to the Green Bay Packers. Welcome to Draft and Develop. You're going to have a young roster. How important is player development going to be for you as a Packers defensive coordinator? Yeah, I think player development is the most important thing at any level. I mean, you got to get you got to get players better at every level along the way. I mean, I thought I was a really good coach when I had Revis. When he left, I realized I had a lot of work to do. Um, he was a special player. Who he was a junior when I got there, so I can't say I had much to do with his development. But it was fun to coach him, and I hope to coach more guys like him in the future. But player development's huge, and at Boston College, that was we had to take you know, some of those lower star guys and try to get them to play like four or five star guys. That's always been important to me. It's always been important to me to try to get, to make the game simpler for players. And that's the biggest thing you'll hear me say a lot. I want to simplify it for them because I think part of me being a coach is I have to be a great teacher. So I take all this information that I have and all these things, but I make it very simple for you to understand so you can go out and play fast and aggressive and not worry about anything. Um, That's why practice is so important. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. Final segment, Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. fast and physical and attack the ball and we will be a little bit more vision based on the back end and I think that's that's great opportunity to be able to go out there and generate takeaways. So the Packers trying to get better in the defense. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline and uh, now it's entrusted to Jeff Halfley who has now been introduced to the media. And, Mike, uh, you said, uh, you know, not overwhelmingly impressed uh, yesterday, right? Right. I just think it's funny. Let's get physical. That's pretty funny. That's great. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you know, so all these Dynamite drop in, Michael. Dynamite drop in. uh, all All these coaches that, you know, that they've hired on the defensive side, but they also added a guy on the offensive side, and this is kind of weird. It's Sean Mannion, the backup quarterback, who... Played for the Rams when LaFleur was part of McVay's staff. I had a cup of coffee with the Seattle Seahawks and then with the Vikings. And, you know, when Cousins went down with the Achilles uh, injury here at Lambeau and then the Packers played them again, Mannion was, you know, their starting quarterback. And and I guess after the game he talked to LaFleur about a, a coaching opportunity. LaFleur told the story that I could I could tell with the grin on his face he could hardly wait to tell us when we asked him, so what is Sean Mannion's job now with the offensive staff of the Green Bay Packers? He's going to be an offensive assistant for us, um, and he'll be working primarily out of the quarterback room. So I, I just I love his past experience. I've coached him before in L.A. I always figured he was going to go down this route. Matter of fact, when we played him earlier in the year, he told me he was going to get into coaching. So I was like, all right, well, 
let me know when you're going to become a coach. He's just a guy that I've always respected how he went about his process, uh, how he prepared for games, how he helped, you know, Jared in that situation, being a backup for us. Then when we interviewed him, matter of fact, he was getting ready to go interview for Chicago. And um, I think it was it was actually during the NFC Championship game, which I really didn't care to watch. Um, I jumped on a Zoom call with him in the second half, and he showed me his what he was going to present. And I told him, well, that's pretty good. I think you should come up to Green Bay right when you're done with that interview. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised that they let him out of the building. They tried to get him, but I, I guess we had more to offer. But uh, we're lucky to have him. I, I really do think this guy's going to have a, a bright future for us um, and, and certainly in, in the coaching profession. Well, they've got everybody in place. Now they're just kind of waiting to see what Goody's going to do in the draft. And then obviously free agent's going to get here, and we're going to see if they pick anybody up to be a veteran in that secondary or not. So, uh, Mike, now you are off to uh, off to Indianapolis, correct? Off to Indianapolis. I just think that that's so funny. LaFleur was was begging to let us know I stole him from the Bears. Okay. <laughs> but Sean Mannion said, yeah. okay, wait a minute. I could go to Chicago, work for Matt Eberflus, who will probably be fired in December, and try and deal with Justin Fields, and who knows if they're going to get the kid out of USC or something like that in the draft. Or I could go to Green Bay, work for Matt LaFleur, who I've worked with before, and Jordan Love and the team that's uh, on the bill. Yeah, maybe I should go to Green Bay. Maybe I should go to Green Bay. There you go. Mike, great stuff as always, and we will talk to you next week down in Indianapolis at the Combine, okay? Thank you, Billy. Have a good weekend. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Ebo, go home. Feel better. Get the voice back, and we'll talk to you next week, too. And uh, to everybody listening, uh, we certainly appreciate it. We'll see you down at uh, Flat Out Friday and Mama Tried this weekend. But have a great weekend. Until we talk again on Monday morning, have a good one. See you.